Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Hey guys, Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Welcome back to Movie Talk. Today we're covering a whole bunch of stories that dropped about Netflix and what it might mean for the company's future. On top of that, some teases from Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul on Twitter. Are they teasing the Breaking Bad movie? Maybe a reunion on Better Call Saul? Maybe they were just messing with their Twitter followers? We don't know. We're going to dig into it all today on Movie Talk. And of course, it's Tuesday. So Koi is here. So excited. And look at the middle of the table right now. Roxy Stryer made her way all the way over from Collab. 
Dead or Alive to join us at Movie Talk. Somehow I snuck my way onto set. I <laughs> stayed under the table until it started. And then I just kind of poked my head up, hoping you guys wouldn't notice. She but was there through Heroes. Right? It got weird, but we let her stay. We were Thank like, it's so totally, much. I understand. I appreciate that. God, I kind of wish this wasn't a joke. Yeah. That would be really funny. <laughs> right. So we're going to dig into this Netflix topic first. So three stories dropped today that kind of kicked off this discussion topic in my mind. The first thing is Ryan Murphy, of course, has his new deal at Netflix. And now we know what the first movie he's going to make is. It's an adaptation of the Broadway show, The Prom, and it's got one heck of a cast. Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, James Corden, Ariana Grande, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Andrew Reynolds are all in this. Looks like one heck of a project that Netflix is also priming for a potential Oscar run in 2020. So there's that one. On top of that, now Netflix has George Clooney as well for his next directorial gig, which is an adaptation of the sci-fi novel Good Morning Midnight. He's also going to star in that project. And then the third story I was teasing is that Netflix's director of original film, Matt Broadley, I believe it's pronounced, he was actually, I guess he was poached. He was now hired by Disney. Disney Plus. So he's leaving Netflix to go over to Disney Plus, and he had a big hand in some of their big romantic comedies from the past year. Of course, we have set it up to all the boys I loved before. So he's making the move over there. So you guys consider these three big news stories from the day. And what does it kind of leave you thinking, especially with Disney Plus on the horizon, not so far away? Do you look at this as Netflix kind of reshaping themselves for the future? I think nothing could be better than Netflix having to up their game. If they have competition out there, that means that their product is going to get stronger. That's how it works. So I'm really excited for this to happen and there to be another big player on the market for Netflix to be like, okay, we already are pretty good, but now we've got to be even better. I love how you look on the bright side because the, <laughs> the reshaping of the industry has been so scary, but really the silver lining to just about everything we discuss here, whether it does seem like a scary proposition or not, is that change, whether it's a studio doing good or bad, is only going to motivate somebody else to be better. And hey, that benefits us all. It definitely has room for error, though. I, I do know that. I am a pretty positive person, but I see where this could go wrong. But I just like to think if they're looking at their competition, they're going to raise the bar. And I feel like Disney being the empire it is, it's a great challenge. And Netflix and Disney going head to head. And actually, the, the poaching is so specific. And, and seeing that those are the two titans of streaming. And Disney has so many other facets. I'm curious how Netflix can compete if not getting these prestige pictures. Because if they're, if, they're, if they're getting Meryl Streep and then like the who's who of the, the, the best right now. And then they're adding in George Clooney. And there's so many giant names. And we haven't seen George Clooney in a minute, especially directorially. Mm. And I, I'm a big fan of George Clooney's directing. I love Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. I like Leatherheads. I think he's a really strong director. I want to see what these titans of the industry do in a new format. We haven't seen him direct something that might be, I don't know if it's going to be, you know, a restricted two hour, might get some more room to play. I'd like to see Meryl Streep with, uh, you know, a bunch of younger actresses and see what that movie feels like. And, and Ryan Murphy's obviously very pedigreed. So there's a lot of news and movement, but it all seems like it's, a challenge like all of it sounds like like this is a chunk of news for a reason it all seems like we see you disney this is our move what's your chess move i feel like netflix really needs to kind of like carve out their corner and recently 
I thought that had been with romantic comedies because romantic comedies don't seem to be hitting it all that big at the box office, yet they seem to be doing so well for Netflix. Mm. The thought of this one executive leaving is a little concerning, but I always thought that was good territory for them. And I do wonder if in the near future we're going to see Netflix be a much bigger player as far as Oscar fare is concerned because it really does sound like this far out, them putting so much faith in the prom, that's a really big deal. And I don't necessarily know if I think Ryan Murphy and I think, oh, he's going to direct an Academy Award nominated movie. Maybe it's because most of most of my experience with his work is American Horror Story. And that is just so batshit crazy that I wouldn't file it away like that. But with an ensemble like this, and also I should probably read a synopsis for any of you guys who don't know what the prom is. Story follows four formerly famous Broadway actors who travel to the fictional conservative town of Edgewater, Indiana, where they learn that a lesbian student was not allowed to bring her girlfriend to the prom. While their trip is under the guise of championing is inclusivity, they're mostly just looking for good press to make them relevant once again. Is so, that student Ariana Grande? Uh, no. So the student, they're actually uh, doing a big search for that role right now. So my hope is that if this is a big project, this could be a star making vehicle for someone out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that with Ryan Murphy, because I, I know you seem a little hesitant about him. When he cares about something, he usually does a very good job with it. Like the first episode of any of his TV mm -hmm. shows or even the first season before he kind of backs away. He does take on these projects he's super passionate about and then he kind of says goodbye to them and I'm wondering if movies because of that reason would be a better space for him than television sometimes so that he can take on a project, see it all the way through and then go on to the next project. My optimism is that he can handle an ensemble really well and I think an ensemble is really hard to do and especially with the cast of this magnitude. So use his skills handling an ensemble and the shorter, you know, uh, grab on the project. You know when it ends. You know how long the shoot's going to be. You don't have to worry about the future. But I think that Netflix can compete with Disney because it can be the pedigree. It can be. It can. It can exist as that vehicle because Disney has the Disney brand for better or worse. They have to do a certain amount of things to keep the certain brand people happy. Disney Plus is going to have to live between a certain line. Mm -hmm. And when you think of a Disney film, you think of a certain thing. I don't see there being raunchy rom coms or a certain amount of inclusivity, to be honest. And I love Disney, but like when I think of Disney right now, it's a remake of a live action. Project property that was once animated it's a retelling of the sequel it's a marvel property it's all these things whereas netflix i don't have a specific brand in mind and i think that brand could be this high caliber content if they lean that way yeah i mean the truth of the matter is this kind of talent is going to come your way if you give them the financial backing that they need so as long as they have the money to do that they should lean into what disney can't do which is veer right. away from its brand and give what so many creators have already spoken about when they talk about their experience working with netflix and it's creative freedom. I've heard that time and time again. And I know, you know, during these press runs, like your BS radar is always on and you think they're just being nice to be nice. But I've heard it presented to me in, in what feels like such an honest way that I really do think Netflix gives their directors and their, their lead, creative leaders over their creative control. And even if you're going to be super duper pessimistic or skeptical about it, if you look at the facts, why are people going over there if they're not getting that creative control instead of staying with 
the other network places that they could be? Why would we see creators continue to sign on big deals with Netflix if it wasn't for that reason when they could go anywhere else? So even if it's not just the hippy dippy, I'm hearing them say, yes, you can do whatever you want. Look at the facts. This is where the creators are wanting to go right now. Why? Because they want to be creative. And I feel like it's the strength of the not being the Disney empire. There's less T's to cross and I's to dot. You can actually have a little more wiggle because of the nature of what it is. There's less overhead. And I think Netflix has done a really great job consistently by taking chances that Disney can't because of what they represent. Again, branding, but also in Netflix, you know where it's going to land. Like it's instantly going to be this type of format and you know X, Y, and Z are going to watch it. You can make a different kind of content over there. And I think that is what Netflix should focus on. I think they should stop trying to do a general and they should have a, a specific type they're trying to be. This is going to be a really interesting year for the whole landscape, for the entire industry, but in particular streaming to see where everything lands when Disney Plus launches in November. And it's a very worthwhile conversation to have. So as more news breaks, we're going to cover it right here on Movie Talk. Before we move on to story number two, which is that Breaking Bad tease, we got to tell you about some content coming your way to the Collider Video channel real soon, like Heroes. Check out this promo. Hi, I'm Amy Dallin, one of the hosts of Collider Heroes. And starting right now, you can catch our show at a new time and format. We're coming at you Tuesday nights with a new shorter Collider Heroes and a longer Collider Heroes podcast where Koi and I are going to talk your ears off. You already know that's coming. So make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe, and find us on the Collider Heroes podcast feed for all of that sweaty goodness. Heroes is great all around, but there's a big reason you're going to want to tune into the show today when it launches, and it's because... Just cut to Koi. Look at that face. He, I can't you're wait. ready to burst. I, I can tell. I can't wait to tell you why I was in London, and I can't wait to see the episode, because it was the best. I'm very excited. It's, it's really cool, and you guys are going to be really excited when you hear what the new episode of Comic Book Shopping is. We also want to tell you that the Collider Factory is out there, and there are so many podcasts you can go listen to. Of course, like The Witching Hour. We have so many great shows coming your way. And then a little something called TV Talk. Yeah. What are you guys talking about this week? Oh, well, always talking about all different TV things, but especially right now, just finished Jessica Jones yeah. and uh, Handmaid's Tale. I'm a big fan of Patriot Act, so some smaller things you don't know, Euphoria, all that stuff. There's, I mean, there's never been a better time to be a TV fan. Ever. I love Jones this season. It's I, so good. Me, as good as season, better than season two, almost as good as season one. Agreed. Oh, so good. I'm so still good. a tiny bit behind on Handmaid's Tale, but where I'm at right now, so far so good. I, that show gets better every season, too. It's, it's wild. Scarier and yeah, better. It really mm-hmm. does. All right, guys, we're going into story number two now. And of course, this is what Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul were busy teasing on Twitter. So... They shared a photo, apparently, on Twitter. Both of them shared the same picture of two donkeys, and it looks like they're both out in some sort of New Mexico looking like desert. And then on top of that, Better Call Saul showrunner Peter Gould, who also served as a writer and a producer on Breaking Bad, he followed that up by writing, looking forward to this, whatever that means. So the question is, is this teasing the Breaking Bad sequel movie that puts the focus on Jesse Pinkman? Is it teasing the two of them having some sort of appearance in the upcoming season of Better Call Saul? Or is this the two of them just messing with everybody because they know we're going to do this? I'm going movie. (laughs) I'd hedge my bets on movie. I feel like it's too big of an announcement. Not even an announcement. It's too big of a thing. They know know we'll do this, like you said. And I think that it's funny because it's a couple of asses. So if it is going to be a joke, it's a very perfect joke. But I 
We've heard so much about the movie moving forward. We've heard so much about the scheduling. Jesse, Jesse, Aaron Paul doesn't tweet much. Brian Cranston's usually very business and then he's fun in his roles. I don't feel like they'd mislead us this way with such a beloved property. And Better Call Saul, that person, the showrunner's been involved in both worlds, so I feel like it's not going to be Better Call Saul because of the movie. It would diminish a little bit of the movie if this season we see them reunite because it's been so long since we've seen them on screen together. I think if they do that on the show, then the movie won't have the same impact. I do feel like it's going to be an after Jesse Escapes movie with flashbacks with, with Walter White, yeah. and I don't think if you did that on the show, it would have the same, like, we're so ferociously wanting this thing in the movie. So personally. Initially, my mind went down the exact same path, and I think it's just because my mind is always working in a more movie-centric way. So I, sure. I'm like, give me movie information. But then I started reading old quotes from Vince Gilligan, and he had said uh, during last year's San Diego Comic-Con panel that Walter and Jesse wouldn't be making any Saul appearances in season four. But he didn't rule out an appearance down the road. And the specific quote is, we don't want to jerk folks around, but we would be sorely remiss if these characters didn't appear in the show before it ended. So I don't know if they had a presence at Comic-Con this year and they need to be in the show at some point. Maybe that's what's coming first. And maybe that could be a good tool to tee up this new movie. I don't know. I'm kind of caught in the middle right now. Your mind always goes to movie. My mind always goes to TV. That's why I feel like this has to do more with the TV show. I'm reading between the lines with that as well. And I also just think if it had to do with the movie, would Brian Cranston have posted this? Because that's such a massive reveal. Because we know what's going on with Jesse and that there is more to the story and that we could follow that. But how we see Brian Cranston, if we see Brian Cranston, in what ways we see him, if he's posting this now, I, I just feel like something's up and something's off. It could have to do with the movie, and you're right, flashbacks, all of that, we're all kind of figuring that that will be something that takes place. But I, I think this is a weird way to announce that with two asses. It's <laughs> just a little strange choice. I would totally rule out the third option that I brought up. That they're just, yeah, messing around with people. Because I think the two of them respect the show way more than that. They wouldn't do that. But one way or the other, I hope that no matter where we see the two of them return, I mean, I guess this would really only apply to the sequel movie. But I just want... Whether they do flashbacks or not, I just want to feel Walt's influence on Jesse. It's like, you know, when you could see a character continue his journey and him do certain things that whether or not the other person was physically there, it feels like a callback to that person's influence on the younger character. I feel like that's what I'm rooting for more so than anything. But the flashbacks seem inevitable to me. Do you want to see possibly instead of flashbacks, have him talking to Walter as if he's there, but he's not like it's kind of his conscience Hmm. or he's walking around and he can hear what Walt's saying and he pops up. I feel like that suggestion is right up your alley. <laughs> so I feel like if they did that, it would diminish the the last episode's dreamlike sequence of like Walter being that, like having that crisis of like what his reality was. And there was that theory that, you know, everything that happened after the car was like his dream and all those things in the finale. So I feel like if you added another layer of unreality to Jesse's unreality, then we actually wouldn't have a conclusion to Breaking Bad. Because remember, Walt had the whole like freak out sequence. So I yeah. think it's, if, if you do like, you know, uh, a dream within a dream, it turns into that Inception and that could be the problem that we run into. And Vince Gilligan, he likes the abstract, but he always lands with fairly concrete. So I feel like 
what would be beautiful for me, my dream scenario would be Better Call Saul somehow playing with time forward as well as back, and they tee up the movie by way of how Better Call Saul ends while also tying into Breaking Bad. So you have three timelines that live congruently. You've got the Breaking Bad timeline, the Better Call Saul timeline, and the Breaking Bad movie timeline, and through this tease, we're somehow able to incorporate all of those in the finale, which they can announce at the, the, the SDCC or something. So if there was a way to play with time in a way that the finale lived in all three of those worlds that queued up a movie, that's like the dream scenario. You were taking notes, right? Right, Roxy? Yeah, I got that all. But that's right? like, that, that yeah. the best case scenario. Yeah, I felt like a little, a little like multiverse influence on that breakdown there. Time, man. <laughs> but I think what you're banking on is that enough people are watching Better Call Saul. I would watch better. I, I currently don't watch Better Call Saul because there's a lot of content, and I'm so sorry, Vince Gilligan. You're thank you, but uh, I think there's an opportunity to bring people. It's like when the Joker's on Gotham; those ratings spike. If you bring in an episode and you know Walter and Jesse are on it, and that it's going to tie into a movie and tie into Breaking Bad, everyone's watching that. So if you if make you that know. finale, this is an announcement. Oh, if well, they make this announcement more solid, you know what I mean? Like, if start this is the tuning in now. Yeah, <laughs> start to theorize. But if this is the thing of a promo campaign that ties it all up, and if they announce something at Comic Con. Okay. That's what I want. Best case scenario. Soon enough. Hopefully soon enough we'll know at least like what is potentially on the horizon because I've got to make my Comic-Con plans about now. Yeah, it's time. I think so. We should it's figure time. some of that out. <laughs> A lot building up there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. All right. Before we get to your live chat questions, I want to give you a little bit of an update on that Netflix, the prom story. So there's an article over at Billboard.com and they have an update on their article that says the story originally said Ariana Grande was in the cast, but we've learned that it conflicts with her tour schedule and she won't be involved. Bit of a bummer because I would have liked to have seen what she could do here. And obviously she has a relationship with uh, with Ryan Murphy mm. having been on Scream Queen. So that seems like a good collaboration. But oh, well, they still got a rock solid guest. <laughs> it is still amazing. And we've said Meryl Streep a, a million times. But Nicole Kidman is the name that I'm just mm, watching yeah. everywhere right Big now. Big little lies. And talk She's about something we're so talking about good. on TV Talk every week. I mean, that's the best show on TV right now. She's so unbelievable. And uh, that's who I'm here for. Like That is what I want to see this for. I'm also really really excited for uh for more aquafina like the more yeah. did i just make that name up no, no she's no, that's right. right um yeah. uh, i was talking about her earlier and i'm like did i just bring that into a conversation <laughs> that i'm having now from this morning you but dreamed she's very very exciting to me after having seen the farewell i had seen good performances from her before but the farewell i think is going to be a major game changer for her when it comes out i'm seeing and- it tonight are you really? Yeah. I'm so jealous. Okay. I'm so jealous. I kind of want to go see it. it. I know, but I want to go again. <laughs> I'm jealous. I want to go again. I've had. I've gotten into uh, a habit of seeing my 2019 favorite movies like too many times oh. in theaters, which maybe that's why I don't have time for enough TV. Oh, okay. We should balance out somewhere I know. in the middle. <laughs> Gotta like sort yeah. all this stuff out. All right. One more thing I want to bring up before we get into live chat questions, because I want to piggyback off a question we got yesterday. I think you're really going to like this one, Koi. So yesterday, someone asked us if we could be one Lion King character, which one would we be? Rafiki. <laughs> that was Javi's pick. <laughs> I wanted to make it for you. Toy Story 4. <gasps> oh. <laughs> one Toy Story Ko- 4 character. Koi very much enjoys doing the Forky deep, deep dives. I. See, I feel like Forky is definitely the answer that... 
Okay, I'm gonna ch- Forky is the is the easy answer, but I'm gonna go Duke Kaboom because oh, not only yes. but not only is he having the same existential crisis that Forky is, he's having it with a different foundation. Duke Kaboom knows he's a toy. He's established as a toy, but his crisis isn't about his identity. His crisis is about what he represents as a toy. He knows who he is. He knows that he's that person, but he doesn't know what his mission is. He doesn't know who he's supposed to be. He knows what he is, but not who he's supposed to be. So I love the idea that Duke Kaboom doesn't become who he represents by way of fulfilling the arc his toy self is set out to be he has to become who duke kaboom is by being who duke kaboom is supposed to be and his entire arc as an action spectacle as a stuntman beautifully mirrors keanu reeves arc as an actor because keanu reeves was supposed to be a certain kind of actor through the years and every time he reestablishes himself we love him more so to me duke kaboom represents both keanu us and humanity by way of figuring out what your destiny is by finding your own self you are something else i don't think like one that whole breakdown brought joy to my life and so did looking around the room and watching all the facial expressions <laughs> because <laughs> also you that. you should be related to Keanu and <laughs> that's a real thing. I think Duke Kaboom represents all of us. Oh, I don't feel the same. Uh, also, all the poses I, every, and the excitement. Everyone needs a little fun. Canadian in them for sure. <laughs> I think that the landing, typically I really resonate with Jesse, but in this movie not not as much understandable maybe, she's not in it all yeah. that much <laughs> she's just chilling maybe bo peep maybe that's who i was gonna go yeah. for just because bo peep at least in the eyes of the toys from andy's room originally they all look at her as taking this like crazy path that who would want to go down that path it's something like so out of left field that they don't they don't have the same lifestyle and i feel like like I'm on this weird, crazy journey. So the fact that like I've hit, a, that I ever hit a point in my life where I'm not like I'm doing something crazy that's gonna like drive me into a deep hole in the future. Now I'm like freaking embracing it, and I'm along for the ride, and I'm loving it. Hundred percent. It's my friends from home versus me out here. That is what Bo Peep represents. Guys, we're all on that ramp to life right now. We're just cruising down. We're about to launch off and see what comes, and I think it's really important. All right, let's see if we can get mm-hmm. one more question in. I feel like this is a crapshoot because I haven't screened any of these but i can always trust neil varma who's asking what this is actually funny what movie would you swap with dogs and cats <laughs> like dogs or cats and cats like, or dogs as in take out the i think the, this is what take he out means the take out the people characters and make them cats and dogs this is a live action movie <laughs> huh I think it could be one or the other. Maybe but Love, Love Action actually, sounds more fun. Oh, but I God. still want to keep Love Actually. But how amazing would that be? Like if all if there's like a doggy airport situation and we see all of them and then but then they stray and all the different dog loves and the cat <laughs> love, which is unrequited love and Yeah, I've I got- nailed it there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I've got two. Uh, Ocean's Eleven, because I want to see a cat and dog heist, and I want to see animals in cute little suits yes. and gowns and running around in Vegas and like gambling and having Ooh. hijinks, and their different animal abilities translate to their abilities to do heists, and there's like the suave and the like pickpocket and the smooth talker. I want to see those. Fine, so we're even right now. I get it. And the <laughs> other one, 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 Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, no. I you lost me see, there. Uh, Mad, oh, imagine, like, you could have cat, like, the polecat scene could actually be polecats, and like cats doing stunts, and then like dogs are driving, and all the... Uh, cars represent the different types of animals they are so all the cars kind of look like they're breeding how like owners look like their dogs yeah it'd be like that but their cars their cars kind of represent their dog selves and all the dogs are like trying to get to the water at the end like there's a big dog bowl you're trying to get across the desert for and like dog treats could be what they're escaping from and instead of the mother's milk it's just like biscuits and then like 
I just I <laughs> see it. Going. It's, it's yes. a beautiful dystopian future it. with cats and dogs. I immediately removed any movie with any violence whatsoever. And then I went to what if we took Billy Madison, but instead of going back to school, the dogs have to go to like like the training school. I like that. That's yeah, pretty good. I'm yeah, that. and we, but we good. still get the whole singing and dancing with the clown scene. H- how do dogs and cats <laughs> get it. along in your movie? I think you need a little bit of mic- like a mixture of both, a because tension. you need the good relationship mm-hmm. to add the extra layer to the bad relationship, so mm-hmm. that they can find what the others have. Okay. Just I also <laughs> I think Mad Max as like a, a bit of a mutt that grunts just as much as Tom Hardy did in that role is perfect. Like I want to see like a dog breed that Americans don't love just and he just like handles his stuff. Like, Let Mad Max go. It's never going to happen. And how many dogs are named Max already? It's built for it. That's true. Max. How many dogs are named Roxy? Do you know how many people tell me that a day? Have, My dog is named Roxy. It makes me think of good look, for who, you. look who's talking now when the dog is named Rox. And I think they say it's because he leaves rocks in the back seat or something. That's how I got my name also. <laughs> I picture Night at the Roxbury and I picture you doing the fucking... Yeah, you can rock that. <laughs> uh, we had someone in the uh, live chat named Paul chime in and say Pet Cemetery. Like if Pet Cemetery was oh, reversed. <laughs> That'd be fascinating. Dark. I feel like that movie is dark for both the humans and the pets. So it's like, what's the difference yeah, at the end? Yeah, no one really wins mm-hmm. there. All right. We ended in a dark place, but that's okay. <laughs> Doreen's giggling back there. All right. We're in done. In a dark place. We ended in Quite. a dark place. Thank you for being here on Tuesday. As always, Roxy, come visit us again soon, please. Oh, I, I'm still invited. I didn't yes, book I, I need you back on a show with Koi so that I could pitch Koi a question then we could just have the camera on you and watch your reaction to his answers. <laughs> I, do, I have to admit I like it. I do like it. <laughs> Dorian, Adam, thank you guys so much for your hard work. Everyone out there, like and share this episode of Movie Talk and then tune back in tomorrow, 3 p.m. PT Live for a brand new one. Did you know you could shop around for prescription prices? With GoodRx, you can find free coupons at over 70,000 pharmacies and save up to 80%. It's that easy. But don't just take my word for it. Dr. Adam says, I've been telling all my patients about GoodRx. Jacqueline says, my medication was $65 without insurance, but I paid $25. Aubriana says, you don't have to pay full price to live your best life. Couldn't have said it better myself. GoodRx is 100% free. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.